Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. And we get the back view of him, and I mean, it's just a mega. 52 yards is a long shot. Uh, Magnum P.I., is what yeah. we named him. No idea. Just but, a magnum. Yeah, just a magnum. I'm on Cam last year. We said probably 150, mid 150. Yeah. Same Doe from the morning come out with that nine pointer. Here, here steps out this 90 inch eight pointer. Like, <laughs> yeah. Ah. I'm like, okay, well, there's still a buck back there grunting. Yeah. And then I steps like another 90 inch eight yeah. pointer. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. You're like, I'm like, deer right there. Yeah. Like, and he's 30 already yards. 30 yards. Yeah. He, he was literally five yards from the base of the tree. Could have been at a buck down at 1.40 in the afternoon back there deep on public. Three does come out pretty early. It was like 2.45, 24-yard shot, sent the combat veteran. And I tell you what, man, dude, it just smoked. We always get so jacked up when the other person kills. It's just almost like we got it done. Yeah. And when you kill that doe, I was like, hell yeah, man. We come down here to Missouri. My ass called me one more time. I'm like, this is a good buck. And he goes, yeah, real good, solid buck. I'm like, all right, boom. <laughs> and the deer just drops for sure. Super special to me. All right, let's get into the show. This is the Whitetail Legacy Podcast coming in your ear holes on a wonderful Wednesday. I hope you guys are having an awesome midweek day. Hope this episode gets you through the grind of the week. Um, we got a pretty awesome episode coming at you this week. Like I said, it's going to be content, 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 and no of me and homie talking. And there's <laughs> there's not a lot of us talking in this episode, so yeah. it's, it's a good one. <laughs> but... uh. You know, our slogan here is leave a legacy, and this episode's all about leaving a legacy with your kids in the outdoors, and this guy absolutely crushes it. His kids, he kills a giant deer, his kid kills a giant deer, 
two weeks apart in the rut. Like, I don't know how it gets any better. It's so awesome. Um, super young age. Um, I don't want to ruin the episode. I just want you guys to get into it. But let's get to the people that make this possible, and then we'll get into the content. Start out with a VIP veteran broadhead. Um, it's bows to Nebraska after the first bird. That's yeah, what you're saying? I oh, am. Nice. I, I mean, Scott sent us the trail cam pick, and the, I mean, there's a lot of turkeys there. Yeah. So I'm like, eh, if we get it in early. Going to send the combat. Yep, going to send the combat four blade, um, yeah. hopefully into a turkey in Nebraska. That'd be real solid. I think I'll, like I said, I'll think I'll take the gun. and then, So I'm, a, I'm 98% go. Ninety eight percent. There's always a two. Oh yeah, I would say if I if I had to put like always two. percent I always tell my wife the two percent Ric Flair. Like whoa, you know, like woo, something came up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I always say there's like a two percent Ric Flair. In there. Oh for sure, something might really come up. But I'm gonna have to start using that. Yeah, yeah. Just tell your wife. There's like five percent Ric Flair. It might something might happen. Yeah, and they have no idea. I was gonna say. Um, Check them out at VeteranIP.com. Um, all your broadhead needs there. Yeah, all right. Um, got the VIP shout-out. Yeah, this week's VIP Veteran Broadhead shout-out is Ryan Cusack. And uh, it's kind of a different shout-out. Got a couple different ones coming at you uh, the next couple weeks here. Uh, Ryan has just signed up for the service. So um, I told him that we still shout him out. And uh, thank him for doing that. So, Ryan, we appreciate that, and uh, good luck and be safe out there, brother. Yeah, we we uh, you know we start we started off just veterans, and now we want to do active duty police. You know, everybody that's out there doing the service for the public, um, protecting us, I think is important to shout out. So, I'm glad that we could shout him out. Thanks for signing that dotted line, man. You're doing it for for us, our family, and we have a lot of respect for that. And uh, best wishes to you, man. Hope you have a a good career in there, and uh, you have some fun because I know a lot of guys have a lot of fun. Oh yeah, in there, so. yeah. All right, let's get into Ingram's outdoor obsession. Dude is stepping up his video quality like a mug. <laughs> yes, um, he has dropped a ton of money on some camera equipment, so hopefully, getting a lot more um, really nice content pictures of some mounts he's doing, showcasing you know the detail that he's putting in this. Dude's cracking out the buck mount. Says he wants to be done by October so he can just go full send hunting. I'm like, man, I need a taxidermist schedule because yeah. that's the way to go. But um, he's super excited to start, you know, filming some hunts, being able to show his daughter and his family. Um, and, and we're excited. We're we're kind of you know helping him out a little bit and and telling him kind of you know what what we use to start. And uh, it's cool to see the passion that he has, you know. To, to get to get going and uh, i think he's really gonna enjoy it and he's a hard worker you know what i mean right, he, right. so i know he's not he'll just keep continuing to get better and better just like we did so if i double bucked i'd probably start filming yeah, too yeah, yeah, <laughs> no a big shout out to him all your local tax machines ingram's outdoor obsession he is the man all right getting into exodus um exodus has told us that they have a really sweet deal for you guys um, we've been running the Exodus cams for two and a half years now, and, um, we just got told that they're going to have a spring scouting special going on for the first hundred people that claim this deal, uh, starting right now. And it's literally right now as this episode releases, um, they're going to be selling one of our favorite models, the Lift 2 at $180, um, saving you $50 if you use the code SPRING20. If you're not familiar with the Lift 2, um, it provides a lightning fast trigger speed with unmatched video quality. That's something Cody and I really rave about. 
Um, offers a two-inch viewing screen, which allows for easy setup, and you can view your images in the field and on the fly. Um, check them out at exodusoutdoorgear.com for more information on the Lift 2. Uh, don't forget their five-year no BS warranty that includes theft and damage. So um, simply the best warranty in the industry, without a doubt, and backed by the number one customer service support to back everything up. So if you have any more questions or looking for more details, get a hold of Exodus Trail Cameras on Facebook and Instagram for them to answer any questions. And don't forget, um, Spring 20 is the code on their website. Yeah, having that viewfinder is a game changer. Because once you get one with a view, there's no like, am I too high? Am I too low? <laughs> Picks like, of your head, yeah. like looking down. Yeah, like it, it's on, you know what I mean? And another shout out for Exodus, check out Whitetail Cribs. Guys putting a ton of content. Oh, dude, it's so good. Um, trail Cam Radio, those guys are crushing the game. Podcast, video. TikTok. Um, yeah, TikTok. Exodus Trail Cams, YouTube, uh, Whitetail Cribs, man. They were putting a ton of work traveling across the nation and filming whitetail cribs and uh it's so cool to to see you know different guys out there different levels and uh just to see people passionate about hunting it's awesome and to get get in there and get to see those trophies and hear the stories in video mode yeah really cool so uh ecw calls all your custom call needs in gander outdoors and and in Farm King. I checked them out. Uh, Gellsburg Farm King, they were there. Looked really was, good? Yeah. We, yep, they looked real good. Nice. So uh, we're going to be rocking the double-sided. Got one sitting here. We talked about giving that one away. I don't know if we're going to do that call yeah, giveaway did. or not. I'm not <laughs> sure. Might, I need to make sure mine's still in good order. <laughs> <laughs> might have something coming out of the works for a turkey call. we have to get that going soon, though. Cause, but uh, check out all, all your custom call needs, ECW calls. All right. Next level deer supplements. You guys heard these guys on the podcast. What like episode seventy or yeah, like a year ago? Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah, it was like a year ago. Yeah, yeah. March, yeah. So um, we have become incredibly good friends with Nate and Scott. They're the owners and founders of uh, Next Level Deer Supplements, and they believe in us so much that they decided that they want to run ads on our Podunk podcast. So, For sure. Um, and we believe in these guys, man. These guys, they are just down to earth, normal hilarious guys <laughs> i mean absolutely hilarious guys we have so much fun to him we talk to him on a daily basis um scott is he's he's kind of like i feel like he's more the business guy you know i mean he's got it going I don't know. on he golfs a lot he does golf a lot <laughs> <laughs> but I, I and then nate nate is all he's cracking me up every day dude. yeah but i mean he's just driving around in a truck so right? he's got plenty of time to come up with these <laughs> sick ass jokes but, but. <laughs> But one thing that's nice with talking to these guys every day is, you know, to hear their passion for, you know, um, ha having a healthy herd, um, getting the deer the right nutrients. And when I say the right nutrients, I mean the, what the deer need. Yeah, and the knowledge that they have. Like, if you have a question about anything, oh, like, yeah. Nate's knowledgeable as hell, and he'll answer your questions. Right. So he's just like, oh, yeah, this, this, and this, this. I'm like, oh, yeah, that, yeah, I'll tell that guy this. I have no idea what you just said, <laughs> but... But uh, it's cool. You can just see how much how pa much passion they have, and that goes directly back into the product that they're making. You know, they're making the mineral, the winter feed, and the and the summer feed, and the soybean block. So uh, um, that's something that we cannot do in Illinois. But we we absolutely love this brand. So when they said that they'd be interested in running ads, we we want to help the company out any way that we possibly can. So if you're in a state that allows you to mineral 
or supplemental feed, not bait, because that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but supplemental feed and grow your deer to the next level. Um, check out next level deer segments. Um, you can check them out on Instagram. They got a TikTok. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, um, Facebook, um, t- uh, Twitter, pretty active on Twitter, or just uh, message us. We'll get you connected with Scott and Nate. If you guys are serious about giving your deer the best nutrition possible, um, check out Next Level Deer Supplements. Yep, uh, their website is nxtleveldeer.com. Right on. And then so. um, this kid, this is a little bit after the fact, but Homie got me, so I got Homie a food plot for his birthday last yeah. year. And almost killed in it. Yeah, almost. almost. And then uh, Homie got me a sick-ass birthday present this year. We can't really, like, show you full details of it because it's got some, like, information <laughs> sure. that we don't want people to I was to like, know. if we took a picture of that down at the bottom, I'd just have to, like, carbon copy a black spot and yeah. put right over it. <laughs> yeah, we can't tell you exactly where it is, but I'll let Homie kind of go into the details of what it is. Big shout-out to you for getting me that. Um, I don't do. Should we keep the birthday presents going? Is that question? I don't know. <laughs> Had to see where my funds are. <laughs> well, I got I got a year before I got to yeah, bounce yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to shout out Carta Maps. Um, it's a new scouting tool that Cody and I have, and on CartaMaps.com, uh, you have the ability to create your own map, um, make your own border for the property lines, uh, drop your own pins, all within their software right on their website. Um, you can mark your parking spots, trails, roads that are there. If you got a shed, you can put the name of the shed. Um, and then they also have um, different types of maps. So they have a standard roll-up map that would be like your paper type. They also have this very cool outdoor map, and it's made from fabric. So um, one of their pictures on their website is like a guy in a boat, and it's kind of the map's wet, but it's all like crinkled up in his hand, but it's fabric, so you can still read it. So I think that that's very cool. Um, we have the magnetic poster or the magnetic map. Um, it comes with pins to, you know, like as much as Cody and I bounce around, um, you know, you can move them pins or where we run trail cams because we're always moving cams, always adding cams. Um, so that's what, I forgot that one cam for like a month. Yeah, <laughs> see, exactly. I was like, dude, if we would have had that up, yeah. it'd have been perfect. So, um, and they also come in different sizes. Uh, with the standard, they have a 15 by 22, a 20 by 30 and a 30 by 45. So you're going to be able to get your big parcels in there. And with the software that they have on the website, you're going to be able to zoom into your smaller parcels and get really good detail on your, your property. So, um, Carta just believes in getting you a map for your next outing or, you know, your property, your game management unit, your favorite trail or the wall of your cabin. So um, you shouldn't have to go to the store and spend hours, you know, searching the internet. Just go to cartamaps.com and they can hook you up for sure. I think it's super solid. Like we're always on our phone. We're both looking at like a, you know, two by four inch screen, you know, and uh, this is all blown up and like you can look, well, what if we access to this? Okay. We go in here, we put a pin. This is our wind direction. How are we going to access it? It's just, it's, it opens your eyes to to what you can do on the property. Um, You're not zooming in and out. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, it's so big. You can, well, we've seen this buck here. Why do we think he was here? What's behind it? You can just see all that at instance instead of zooming around, you know, going around. And then what's really like annoying on a lot of the apps, you can only set one home zone. 
So then you're like, I gotta zoom out. <laughs> Where's that piece of public ground at? Yeah. You zoom over and then you zoom in. You know what I mean? So this is there, never moves. We're gonna put it on the back of the door here in the studio. And I'm sure there'd be many hours game planning over that and uh hopefully some memories made where we can put a pin where we stuck a stuck a buck. I'm hoping yeah. so. All right, that it? That's it. All right, man. We well, like I said, we're we're growing. We're getting some more ad reads, but uh, these are companies that we 100% believe in, and uh, we're proud to shout them out on episodes. And uh, we hope you guys try their products and enjoy them, because, uh, like I said, we're not we're not going to rep anything that we don't 100% love. And we're not a, we're not affiliated with Carta Maps, but the map was just so solid. We oh, wanted yeah. to give them a, a few shout outs because it's just it's just a we do that sometimes, you know, when we mm-hmm. find a product that we really like, that's a kind of a game changer for us. We like to give them a shout out. So yeah. All right, let's get into the show. All right, guys, uh, joining us on the phone now is Jason Q. Um, I reached out to him after uh, we become friends on Facebook. So how you doing tonight, Jason? Doing good. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, it's just another another night getting going here. It's always rough getting started, but. Um, you done something pretty special um, this past year, and it's something that Cody and I are very passionate about. And um, when I seen your profile picture on Facebook, I was like, that deer has my attention. And then um, I seen that your son was able to get it done on a really good buck too. So um, that's something that we're going to cover here. But uh, for now, let's just uh, get you introduced to the listeners and tell them a little bit about you. Well, my name's Jason Q. I'm from Southeast Ohio. Um lived here for about two and a half years now we're i'm originally from north central west virginia um work as a maintenance away track worker for csx along the ohio river and married with two kids two boys uh six and uh four well be seven here in a couple days but uh not really much else just a regular blue collar guy that goes to work every day and I hunt when I can. I mean, that's just who I am. My family's adapted to it. They're part of it, and we all love to do it. Nice. I'm going to say, it, it's not very often you find somebody who does the same thing that we do at work, so that's cool. I feel like, you know, anytime you hear somebody that works for the railroad, they're like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I'm a conductor, an engineer. It's not very often that you get somebody who's actually out there building the tracks, maintaining them, improving them, and, and you know, inspecting them. Oh, I agree. I mean, Every time I tell somebody I work for CSX, they think automatically I'm a conductor or engineer. We get that all the time. You know this guy is an engineer. I'm like, no, I have no idea who that is. My thing is like, people, people, they like, well, what do you do? I'm like, I can't even explain what I do to you. It would take too long. So I I get a plan at the beginning of the day. I just tell them, I just maintain the track. Yeah, I change rail, I change tide. That's about as simple as I get. Yeah, yeah, that pretty much nails it down. So, um, when did, when did you get into hunting and such? Oh, man, that's all I can remember is hunting. It, it's my uncle and my dad was taking me out when I was four or five years old, shooting squirrels and small game and deer hunting came along, you know, a few years later I tag along and I was in grade school when I really started hunting for myself, you know, carrying a gun and everything and. So that's that's all I've really ever known is is hunting, and what's weird is everybody in my family hunts, but nobody is as serious about it as I am. So they all think I'm nuts that I am the way I am. 
I feel like the, you know, the tradition in Pennsylvania is uh, very deep and, you know, kind of like Michigan is. You know, we had that episode about Michigan and you know, the, the tradition's very heavy there. Is that kind of the way Virginia was when you were growing up? Yeah, West Virginia was, it's like that. It's, it is, but it isn't. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. Everybody has the mentality. The whole state is brown. It's down. They go out for a day or two and they're done. That's pretty much what deer season consists of for most people. Not everybody, but it, it's coming around and people's really trying to push it to be an up and coming state. Nice. Yeah. Well, I've seen some giants come out of yeah. West Virginia. So the, there's, some, some of them mountain bucks and stuff get pretty big. Yeah. There's four counties in the Southern part of the state that's bow only. Wow. They've mm. been like that since the seventies. I didn't know that. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's, it's, they kill some, they, they kill some giants down there, <laughs> but yeah. it's rough terrain. I mean, it's just look at the wall in the room you're in. That's about what the hillsides look like. Yeah. <laughs> I was I would say I was just kind of going off of that like you know the the tradition is kind of here but it's not as like heavy if if you told just like your normal person here like hey yeah me and my four year old we just went out to the woods we we went hunting um, you would get some strange looks you know it, you'd be like well that that's too young you know but I feel like out there in you know Pennsylvania and Michigan and obviously you know West Virginia like you said. Um, you know, it's just like every that's what everybody does, you know. And ice fishing. It's like that and ice fishing. Everybody does it up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, where I live at now, southeast Ohio, I'm really I'm ten miles from the West Virginia line. I actually work in West Virginia. So I'm not that far away. The terrain's still the same, it's still hill country. I mean, elevation changes nine hundred to a thousand feet. There's virtually no ag here. Everybody time you tell somebody, Oh, I live in Ohio, I hunt Ohio, oh it must be nice to hunt all those crop fields, it's like Ain't no crop fields where I hunt at. <laughs> I would say then that's, you know, we have so much ag here. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit, like you get down the river, there's some cornfields, but, and even like around, there's a few farms that plant a little bit of ag, but not much. I mean, you get 45 minutes or so south of me, then that's where the ag starts, but you're still in the hill country, so you're still kind of limited to how much ag you can actually plant. All right. Um, so with you having such an early start in hunting, is that, was that a goal for you to see if your kids were going to be interested in it at, you know, like the same time or, um, were you just kind of doing it and noticing that he was taking some interest and then you started including him, including him on some things, um, just kind of go about how you started getting him into it. Well, obviously, I mean, I wanted him to be, do what I, do and enjoy what I wanted to do or like what I enjoyed doing. But I always told myself I'd never force him or any of my kids into it because usually that's what pushes them away. And I don't know if it's from, that's all he ever seen was what I was doing. And it basically, he just, it's always ever been around. So I think that's all he's ever known, but, and I never forced him to go. I'd always ask him, Hey, do you want to go help dad do this? Or you want to go help dad check trail cameras? And most of the time he would go. I mean, I, we've got pictures of him, you know, when I lived in West Virginia, I had 650 acres that I leased and had control of, and I would supplemental feed there in the wintertime, and he'd be out there checking cameras with me, filling feeders and stuff. And it's just, it's really, I mean, it, it, another thing that's really funny reminds me, or when I think back, my wife has pictures and a video. I was at work, and he had her send it to him. He was probably three, three and a half. He had a little deer rug. 
and he made her he got behind it like he killed a deer and gave her like this big story and had a <laughs> film and send it to me it's just but he just it was it came like natural to him yeah i think really that's, cool. i think when the parents are so involved in it and it's like kind of like an everyday deal right i think that's just they just fall in love with it because everybody want you know every little boy wants to be like their dad you know what i mean yeah. so yeah like my and that's my, like go the, ahead what's well, our youngest boy he, he just turns four and he's into it i mean he talks about it and stuff but he it's like hunter was so much more mature than bentley is at his age so yeah. It's, it's a little slower process with him, but he's still, he's been going out shed hunting with us a little bit. And we took him on a deer hunt, uh, right before Christmas and Hunter killed a deer, uh, killed a doe with a straight collar, straight, car, no, straight wall cartridge rifle. And he was there for that. And he, he had a lot of fun there. He would just, that's all he talked about for a couple of weeks. So I'd say it's, it's coming around with him too. It's just, he hasn't been exposed to it to the level that Hunter was at his age. Yeah. I think the same thing with, it's, crazy how those kids when they start getting bigger they all have personalities what my middle boy you could tell it is in it but he just likes deer hunting like that's the only thing he wants to talk about is deer 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 my oldest boy he'll he'll be he's four he'll be five he was throwing a stuffed bird in the air and trying to hit it with a nerf dart <laughs> last night because he was bird or dove hunting you know what i mean so he's into it all he's into squirrel hunting dove hunting and my other Mother boy, he just deer, deer, deer. He wants to go to the garage and look at the deer, and that's that's pretty much all he is into. So it'd be interesting to when he gets a little older to see if he's into it as hardcore or not. You know what I mean? So every every kid has a different personality, and I can tell my middle kid's a little bit less coordinated, little. You know what I mean? So it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch him grow. Yeah, I think that's another thing that's been really cool with the involvement of trail cams and you know the heavy reliability that we as hunters put on trail cams is just like Jason was saying is that's another activity that you can do with your kids. Um, get out there and hike with them, um, check them cards. You know, they don't have to be like super extremely quiet. Mm -hmm. Um, as you're tromping through there and, you know, July checking a card, you know, but sometimes you get pretty cool pictures that can say, you know, you can have, I got a picture of Rainer with a Ninja Turtle bicycle helmet on, <laughs> carrying a sword, <laughs> checking trail cams. You know what I mean? Like, what do you what do you tell the kid? He's like, I'm gonna wear this helmet. I'm like, okay, man, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. All he, he's gonna take this sword to knock down the sticks. You know what I mean? I'm like, all right. So I got that picture on my phone. You know, for the rest of my life. Yeah. Saved the cloud, so it's pretty cool. And I feel it's, it's as much, if not more, of a learning experience for the parents as it is the kid. Because you, I mean. There's times that I forget that Hunter's only six years old. You know, it's like going shed hunting. It's like, we know we need to go up here and we need to go here. And it's like, eh, then he'll start getting a little, well, dad. And it's like, well, you are six years old. I need to remind myself of that. It's not me doing it, you know. So it is a learning experience, the patience game. And I, I think one of the hardest things I had with him was keeping him in the ground blind. Because, you, know, you know how it is. You go, you have x amount of time to go hunting and you get out there and you get all set up and an hour into it you ain't seen anything he's like oh dad i'm ready to go home now <laughs> yeah that's what my yeah, kid I and i just tell him i said deer come out at almost dark <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and now i got him trained but remember someone told us on here was it who was it that said that mark jury i think said it to him one time that um you should go out just go out later you know when you take your kids oh, yeah. because it's you're gonna lose some hunting time, but right. 
but just go out later so they make, make it sure it make it fun. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. It, I, it was harder for me to harder pill for me to swallow than it was for him because I wanted to see him be successful, but it, he didn't understand the whole concept. He was bored, and we always took his iPad to the blind with us, and he could play games on what he wanted that didn't take internet or anything. So, but from last year to this year, I've seen a huge difference in him on wanting to go, wanting to sit there until dark. Because before, once it started getting dark, that Dad, I'm ready to go. He, he didn't didn't want nothing to do with the dark, walking in or out. So, but I think he's the success he had last year, and then this past year, he's seen what it took to get there. So he actually puts forth a little bit more effort. And I told him, I said, but I'm not going to hand everything to you. You have to help me, and you have to do some stuff. Because I didn't want to just hand him everything and then him get all big headed. Yeah. See that, yeah. I know. Today's time I know a lot of people are like, I have, I have nothing against it. I just will not do it. They like stage sheds for their kids, and I will not do yes. that. I'm just like, yeah. I, my wife's like, you know, the two year old went, and she was like, yeah, maybe we should. I'm like, no, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> There's no way I'm staging something. You know what I mean? It keeps them motivated to go. You know what it I mean? It does. But I'm like, eh. Unless we have a really bad chance, we'll walk into one eventually. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm I'm 100% against that. And I feel you. Like, you gotta you gotta make them earn it. You know, you want to coach and counsel them as much as you can, but in the end, they got to put the work in and, and earn it. And that's that's exactly how I'll be too. Is, but I'm just excited to be able to hunt with a kid. I, my dad didn't hunt at all, so it's gonna be super my, cool to just teach. You know what I mean? Oh, it is. My dad hunted, but it was more of. You know, just a few days here and a few days there. It wasn't nothing. He never got too serious about it. Well, let's. I'm sure you got it on there, but you, let's get into the stories of, of the success that you guys had. That, you got that on your notes over there? Homie? Yeah, yeah. And then I kind of want to go, once we get through that, um, kind of maybe go over some tactics that helped him stay out there or, or something that you might have learned after him being successful that might help some guy like me and homie that's wanting to get his kid out there to get them be successful. All right. So we'll, we'll start off with your buck. Kind of just uh, lay out the hunt and um, if you had any history with them and then we'll get into hunter's deer. Okay. Sounds good. So with mine, it, I had no history with the deer. The hunt kind of started last year. I basically all I hunt is public ground. I live right in the middle of, a giant, giant section of public ground. And I'd, I'm i fairly new to the area, so I've been scouting religiously because I'm just just who I am. It's just how, what I have to do. And I'd run across this piece, and it's kind of hard to access because there's giant rock bluffs about halfway up the hill. And I was in there last year scouting and shed hunting, and I'd seen just – absurd amount of buck sign compared to what i normally see in around in here in this area so let's fast forward to this past this past summer my buddy that i hunt with we go in there and we put a camera up like late it was into august first september and i told him so i'm just gonna let this camera just soak had no idea what was in there but i had a feeling there'd be something good with the amount of sign and the size of sign that i seen last year so this was end of october like the last monday of october i was working night shift at work so i decided i was going to go in there and hunt and pull the camera on the way in and on the way in i pulled the camera got in the stand 
and start going through the pictures. And this buck that I ended up killing, he never showed up until October 16th and October 17th at like 1230 in the, in the day and 430 in the afternoon on this scrape. It was a pre-existing scrape from the year before we hung the camera on. So I hunted that morning, didn't see anything, hunted until like 11 o'clock, got out. Friday, I, I was on four tens, I believe, that week. Friday morning, I went back in there. No, I'm sorry. Saturday morning, I went back in there. Took a little different route in because of the way the wind was blowing and got in the stand. And as I'm getting in the stand, there was two deer above me in the dark, like 40 yards. Like I'm pretty sure it was a buck and a doe because just the way they was moving around. You got to hear the fast pace walk, and then they'd slow down and just a little bit of zigzagging. Hunted that morning to like 11 o'clock, nothing. And I'm just starting to question myself because this camera was just lit up with just buck after buck after buck on this scrape. And it's still, this is November 2nd. So, I mean, the ruts really is just getting started in, in this area here. On the way out, right above the truck, I had a camera on this first flat. It was a, it was a red, bunch of red oaks in there. And around here, it's like the only thing it produced this year was the red oaks and low on the hills. And this camera just had slowly been increasing with the amount of pictures on this thing. I had does on it from day one, but the buck activity really started picking up. Now I thought, well, I'll come back here and here and hunt in a day or so. I've already hunted in here twice this week. I'm just not one of those guys that likes to pound a spot. I'm, I'm aggressive, but I bounce around a lot. It's just the way I've always been my nature. I can't stand to sit in one particular tree over and over. I, I get bored. So that afternoon, I'd actually went to another chunk of public 20 minutes away. And it's kind of rough getting in. I got to get this steep ravine. I get in there. And there's not much for trees. Everything's either calf size or 200 years old, it looks like, or dead. And it's in a little bit of a cove, and anybody who hunts hill country knows it's hard to hunt coves because the wind just swirls nonstop. It doesn't matter what it's doing, it swirls. So I got on the outside of the cove hoping that I could get a consistent wind, and I couldn't. And I had my stand about, I had three sticks up the tree, and something just kept telling me, go back to the spot that I'd been hunting, but hunt low on the hill because the amount of daylight pictures in there was just insane. And I'd had two shooters on that lower camera in the past couple of days, just from like noon till, till dark. So I tear everything down before I ever get to stand hung, pack back off the hill, get in my truck and I drive 20 minutes the opposite direction. And the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, I hope nobody drives by and sees me because I'm literally 75 or 100 yards off the road. <laughs> I'm watching cars drive down the gravel road past me. And I, as I'm walking in there, I, I'd walked out of that spot at, I believe it was 1130 in the morning, and there was nothing there. I come back in, there's two does bedded right there. I jumped them up, and I'd pick the tree out. It's, there's a point, real steep point coming down, and a lot of these bucks that I've been getting on camera was running up and down this point. And I'd set up just on the downwind side of that, and hoping it had a real stiff wind that evening. It was probably blowing 15 miles an hour. And anything that was going to come from either direction, I should have been able to get a shot at without them getting my wind. So I get up in the tree, and I'm not there 15 minutes, and I have a four-point come down off the hill, and he's feeding on acorns, and I watch him for, I don't know, 20 minutes or a half hour. He goes by, 
and it's two hours after getting a stand and i just happened to look out the hill about 150 yards there's a giant rock out there big rock outcropping and i seen a deer come running around it well, right behind it i seen a bigger bodied deer and i'm pretty sure i thought i was pretty sure i seen horns on it so i stood up and got ready and they're angling at me well then i realized what deer it is he's they're running right at me with well, those j hooks and cuts back to the left runs out of sight and i'm standing there just waiting because we all know how it goes with buck chasing doe you don't know where they're going to end up at in 30 seconds later and so i stand there for i don't know minute minute and a half nothing happens don't even see him again so i hang my bow back up and i'm kind of looking down over the bank and for some reason i just happen to look out to my left and i look and here comes that doe running at me at 50 yards so I grab my bow back off the my bow holder. She comes running up eye level with me. She's going up the hill in front of me up that point. She's standing broadside at 20 yards, and she squats right there for him to come up and breed her. Well, he's 30 yards off to my right in a big tangled mess of vines and saplings. And as fast-paced as they was moving, I went ahead and drew because I thought it was going to happen pretty quick. Well, as I drew, he hung me out to dry, and he just decided to stand there and lip curl and grunt and... <laughs> Warming her up, talking oh, dirty. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, he, he, she's, she's, he's looking, she's looking back at him, and I'm looking at her, and he's, his eyes are rolled back in his head. And... Oh yeah, he's saying, so you he know what time started... it is. <laughs> oh yeah, he's, he's, he's fixing to get his feel goods ready. <laughs> so finally, he makes, starts, he, he inching his way up there, and I'm. All I'm concentrating on is right behind her because I got a giant opening right behind her. And I'm at full draw for 40, 45 seconds. I'm, it was, I was starting to get a little bit shaky. And I happened to look, and he's standing in a giant hole already. I didn't even realize it. I thought he, I thought there was still a big tangled mess right there. And he was actually lip curling when I finally settled the pen in. And I sent one through his armpit. And he was so focused on her when I hit him. He literally made two bounds and stopped and was like looking back at her. And you can hear the blood just dumping out of him. And the past couple of years, I've had some bad experiences. And he's standing there at 20 yards. And I'm trying to grab another arrow out of my quiver. And he'd look at me and he'd look at her. And I, he went down on his front legs. And then he stands back up. And I'm thinking, well, maybe I didn't hit him as good as I thought I did. I get the other arrow knocked and I draw. And he's... It's pretty steep quartering away, but I got a, a pretty good shot up under the back of his ribs. Well, lo and behold, as I cut the arrow loose, he falls on his front legs again. I hit him right in the root of the tail. <laughs> <laughs> and he he went another 40 yards and fell over dead right there. I'd actually hit him like I thought I did, but, but the way he was acting and in the heat of the moment, I started second-guessing myself. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a mom all for that. Put another yeah. one arrow in him as quick as you can. Right. Oh, I agree. I mean, I lost a big one two years ago, right after we moved in here. I shot him at five yards, and I thought the shot was good. I got about 15, 16 inches of penetration, shot him, you know, I don't want to say straight down through. He was probably five to seven yards, gave him two hours, and went back in, and we jumped him up, and there was, he went 75 yards and bedded down three times, and there was blood all over the place, and we jumped him up. I never seen him again. I probably spent sixty hours looking for him after that. And never found, never found another drop of blood, hiding her hair of him. Wow. 
so I wasn't hesitating about putting another arrow in. Yeah, I mean, no, I ain't proud no. of, I ain't proud about where I hit him at the second time, but it was kind of out of my control when he dropped to his front legs just as I cut the arrow loose. But I guess hindsight's twenty twenty. I'd rather have another one in him than, oh, yeah. than not and yeah. get away. You know, put another one in him and let him expire quicker, you know, whatever whatever it takes to, yeah. to get the job done. I just done. feel, yep, I feel we owe it to the animal. Anyways, I mean, that's our job to put them down as quick and actively as we possibly can. Yeah, for sure. Man, that was a good call to, to pull down your stand and make a move, you know, midday like that. That'd be tough for me. I'd be like, man, I got three stuck sticks already hung. <laughs> like, I might just try this spot out, but props to you yeah, for, it, for going with your gut, has- man. It has been in the past with me, too. I've always, I get up there, and it's like, no, I need to be somewhere else. Of course, you're always second-guessing yourself where you should be, but something just kept telling me I needed to be at that spot. And luck, skill, I'm going with luck, but. (laughs) I always go with luck. Whatever it is. (laughs) 90, everybody says, ah, it's like 70% luck. It's like 98% luck with me. (laughs) Yep, same here. So that was on November 2nd, right? November 2nd, yes. November 2nd. You got a buck down. Yep. Um, when did your son get his buck? November 14th. November 14th, so almost two weeks later. Yep. Yeah, he'd been hunting pretty hard. He'd shot a doe early, like mid-October. He had... he. He had to have a tree stand. He wanted to hunt out of a tree stand this year because all he'd ever hunted out of was a ground blind. So he'd got a tree, a double man ladder stand for Christmas last year. We'd put it up, and here in Ohio, we're allowed to bait for for I, we got a, two small pieces of private property that he hunts on. Just one's our neighbor, and the other one's a mile and a half up the road. So for him, I put some corn out, you know, just trying to up his odds a little bit, trying to keep him a little more interested. And he shot a doe, like I said, mid-October, shot one out of a tree stand. He was pretty pumped about that. And then after that, things just kind of went dry. It's like we wasn't seeing anything for deer. It didn't matter where we hunted at. We had one field at the neighbors. We'd see some does, but they was usually 150, 200 yards off. And um, I believe it was November 10th, that field next to the house, things was really heating up. We started getting a I had had several bucks on there all year long, but they was all nocturnal. But about that 8th, the 9th, 10th, right around in there, we started having just nonstop buck activity coming through there. And we had drove by that bottom early that morning, and the top buck we had had right there was laying there 25, 30 yards off the road right across the river, the little river here by the house, laying there with a doe. He's 145-inch 11-point course hunters just going nuts seeing that deer <laughs> of course i would be too if i was six years old and that was 100 yards from my blind so we'd went in there that afternoon on the 10th and we had seen we wasn't in the blind but five minutes and had our low to mid 120s 10 point right across the river from us a spike over there and i told hunter i said those bucks are hanging right there i said the big guy in that doe is, is laying. There's just a little patch of timber right there just across the, the river on a, an adjacent landowner. I said, that big one's laying in there. He's like, oh, Dad, he said, he's not in there. But it wasn't very long after. Here comes a doe walking through there, and that big one's just – we watched him for an hour and a half just 
dog her around, follow her around all over there in that little patch of timber. She'd go to cross the creek a couple times or the river a couple times, and he'd cut her off. He wouldn't let her come over there. And we end up having a low 130s nine point chase a doe through the field that evening. That was pretty much it for the night. And he's starting to get pretty bummed because we hadn't been, that was the most activity we'd had all year combined in that one night. So the 14th, I believe, I wanted to say it was a Thursday. I got home from work. We'd hunted, I think, one other day that week after work. And um, I come in, threw a coat on or a sweatshirt, left my work pants on, and went to a place where he'd shot a buck at last year at a different property, just like a mile and a half from the road. And we usually take this fuller trail up the hill. And I told him, I said, Hunter, we're going to do something different tonight. I said, we're going to park right here next to the highway. And we're going to pull a steep hill and, and pop out right to blind. I said, because I think a lot of those deer are laying on the hill and watching us walk in. So we got there in the blind, and it's 4.30 by the time we get in the blind. And about 10 after 5, I happen to look. There's, we're sitting right to an intersection of two um, logging trails that come together right, right there. And I looked up the top one, and I'd see all I could see was a rack coming jogging down the hill. And I told Hunter, I said, get ready, bud. I said, here comes a buck and didn't know what buck it was until we come in. We'd had three years of history with this buck. We've been hunting this farm since we first moved in. The people we'd bought the house off of, it's his uncle. He lets us hunt. And this buck was a three-year-old then, probably 115, 120 inches. Last year, a four-year-old, he didn't really even change. I mean, he looked like he carried the same rack, but I know he didn't. But, I, but then this year he finally blew up. He, well, when I say blow up, he's, he grew 10 inches, which was a big improvement for him as a five-year-old. He'd never been anything. And we actually hadn't had that deer on camera since end of September or first of October. He hadn't been there. And in years past, he was a pretty, pretty regular right there. But he comes jogging down the hill and I didn't realize what was going on because there's a big tree right in front of my window at the blonde. I can just see partially out of the window that I look out of, but he was chasing a doe and a, in between the two logging trails, that doe had come around and he had cut her off and pushed her down the hill. Well, she comes down and gets right in front of the blind. It's, it's like 16 or 17 yards and she's standing there and the, and the buck is, he's in bow range, but he's facing us and Hunter can't shoot because the tree's in the way and Hunter's, I'm trying to keep him calm because I know what caliber deer this is. I don't think he realizes what caliber deer this is at this time. And he's like, Dad, there's another buck behind him. And no more he says that, the buck he ended up shooting snort wheezes at the other buck. So so Hunter's getting the full effect right here. You know, he's getting chased and he's getting grunt and he's getting a buck snort wheezing. And I told him, I said, get ready, because when this doe bolts, I thought it was enough to, you know, bleed at the deer, yell at him something, get him to stop. The doe walk starts walking. And the one he shot just walks right up there and stops broadside and looks back at the other buck. And he shot him at, like I said, 16, 17 yards, heart shot him. And he tore out behind the blind. And I watched him. He went about 50 yards and just started rolling backwards down over the hill. And that's when the celebration started right there. I thought the little boy was going to tear the blind apart. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you he was jacked. I can only imagine how many fist oh, I mean, pumps are going on. I'm not. Oh, it was insane. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure he's seen a lot more badass shit go down in the woods than I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds like his season was pretty solid. Yeah. I mean, a couple 130s well, chasing. So. 
Pretty yeah, solid. he's he's been a really lucky little boy. I mean, he's he shot his first two deer at four years old with a crossbow right before we moved from West Virginia to here. The first night of season, he shot a four point. Two nights later, he shot a doe. We moved over here. He didn't kill nothing the rest of that year. Then last year, he killed two does with a crossbow and a seven point. And then this year, he killed a doe with a crossbow, that eight point with a crossbow. Then he finally killed his first deer with a gun. He shot a doe right before Christmas with my 450 Bushmaster. Wow. He's getting a nice resume already. Yeah, right. <laughs> How did... he's, got, he's got one long beard under his belt, too. Oh, nice. Um, how did he do when he first started shooting a crossbow? Is it something that he had to kind of work with, or did he kind of just pick it up and, and was pretty solid from the get-go? I mean, he was pretty pretty solid. I mean, we started I, – I got a Codwell field pod, which is basically a tripod that has a gun rest on it. It, it holds the whole, the whole gun or crossbow. It has two rests on it. So basically all he has to do is clip it on fire and put the crosshair on it and pull the trigger. It's it's holding everything for him. But we started out with a crossbow with dots in the red dot. In the, it had three three dots in the scope. I thought that would be a lot easier for him than actually having crosshairs. And his first deer he shot, he, I think he was nervous. He didn't want to let me down. His mom was in the blind with us when he shot it. And the deer had been there for a little bit and he'd got the cross got the dot on it and he actually stepped away from the crossbow and made me look through the scope to make sure he was in the right spot and then he shot that one and then two nights later when the doe come through it was like watching a totally different kid because the doe had surprised us and she had popped up over the hill at like 10 feet from the blind was staring us down when she finally broke and started walking i just let go of him because i grabbed him holding on to him so he wouldn't move i let go of him and he just leans up, grabs the crossbow, and starts following. And I flipped it on fire, and she was quartering away. And I was like, "Well, he's got to learn sometime. He, I, he knows where to shoot him at." And he cut her loose, and she ran about thirty yards and fell over. It cut, hit her back of the ribs and come out through the point of the shoulder. <laughs> wow, he's, man, that's motivating me to go buy a crossbow <laughs> tomorrow. Like I'm not even kidding. He's deadly with that thing. What what crossbow did you end up getting him? Right now, he has an Excalibur GRZ-2. It's just a run-of-the-mill, lower-end Excalibur. You can buy it all day long at Cabela's, Bass Pro Shop, wherever, for four ninety-nine. It comes with three bolts, the scope, and everything you need. Nice. I'm, I'm tempting, dude. I might go I might go buy one <laughs> tomorrow and, and get him started at least shooting in the yard, you know, because I was figuring like seven, eight, but mm-hmm. hell, he's out there that young. Yeah, I would say with, I mean, four years old, you're not probably picking up a crossbow. No, so yeah. it's no, nice I mean, that you have like, the, the rest there for him. And that's the only way I could do it because a, a couple people I know had their kids out at a fairly young age. And I asked them, I said, what rest are you guys using? Because I knew just a regular shooting stick wasn't going to work. I knew I, they wasn't going to be steady enough. And those Codwell field pods, there's two levels of them. You can buy one that's around 70 to $80, and there's the other one's about $30 more than that. Yeah, that's the right way to do it, though, man, yeah. to, to be able to have that consistently where you're on it, you're on it, you know, you're not having to move the crossbow around, and it gives exactly. them, a, especially in the yard, even practicing, you know what I mean? Just like when my wife was getting into hunting, I made her shoot off a, of a, a the lead sled just to build her confidence, be like, hey, you can hit this. Like, oh, it's, absolutely. It's not as hard as people make it out to once you get understand 
you know, how your body's going to react. And then I take her off the lead sled and she's, she's nailing it. But if I would have started her on a tripod or something, it'd have been a completely different game, you know? That's, that's, that's all he's ever used except for the turkey he shot last year. He actually shot it off. The gun was actually resting on my, I was holding it in my hand kind of off to the side because we saw his bird out in the field and we'd snuck in there to next to a barn, old barn that sat there. And I called and the bird didn't respond. So I kind of snuck over the hill. I had my, had a fan and I snuck over and I seen the bird standing down and he'd moved a little bit. And I just showed him the fan and he turned and started running at us. I backed up and sat down next to Hunter. Well, the bird had like circled us a little bit and I didn't see him come in because the fan was in my way. But when I moved the fan to kind of get up to move, the bird was standing there and we actually had to crawl up a little bit. And I had a, I took the gun off that, that tr- uh, field pod and I just held the gun on my hand off to the side and he used that and shot it like that. That's the only thing he's ever shot without that thing. Nice. Yeah. It'd be definitely a good investment to get one of those and at least get him like accustomed to a crossbow. Cause that's something I've yeah. never had. I've had one, but then I basically shot it for fun and sold it, but he's never yeah. even seen one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So even to get him started, well, I'm going to tell the wife tomorrow. I'm just going to go buy one. <laughs> you motivated me, man. I'm just going to go buy a crossbow now. I mean, they, they make some cheaper ones, but that the one he's got, it's it's like 200-pound draw. I mean, so it's it's more than enough poundage and kinetic energy to kill a deer. Yeah. I think I, my Barnett was like 399 or something when I bought it. So That's I'm what sh- he started out with. He started out with like a, a, one of the Barnett youth ones. I can't remember which one it was, but it was it was like 299 or something like I, I paid for it. Yeah, that'd be a good one to get them started in the yard at least. And yeah get him used to it and i man, think you gotta just gotta train their eye you yeah know? he he loves shooting his his regular bow like you yeah. know i got him one of those youth bears you know i have a longbow version and a youth bear version and uh he absolutely love he has to shoot all the time it's 20 degrees out he's like let's go shoot our bow right. especially since i got the new targets he loves shooting that turkey you know what i mean i'm like eh, that's, that's the way hunter is i mean it'll be raining outside he goes out and shoots his bow and his birthday's next week we'll Two 3D targets just showed up at the house from his grandparents. Nice. Two new ones he doesn't know is there yet. And That's a benefit for you and him, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was I was telling my wife, I was like, I can't wait till the kids are bigger. And then, like, for their birthday presents, I could take them on, like, a turkey hunt or something. And he was in the car seat in the back, and he's like, I want to shoot an alligator. I'm like, all right, <laughs> we're going. You heard it. <laughs> we're going to shoot an alligator. <laughs> oh, shit. He's like, we could just go on every hunt possible. I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. That's <laughs> yeah. A perfect, yes, it is. Perfect idea. Keep saying that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just got to keep training him. So, but, yeah. Yeah, he's, like I said, he, that's all he does. That's all he thinks about. I mean, he, he goes to his barber. And all the time, he has to get a horn shaved in the side of his head. Or there, last year during turkey season, he had a, I think it was a turkey spur. He had to had him shave a turkey foot with a spur on it. Or he Man, gets that's sweet. Or... Yeah. <laughs> I need to do that. <laughs> Mullet with the shed on the a, side. So everybody sweet. Everybody was a kid with a deer horn on the side of his head. God, that's <laughs> epic. Man, your kid sounds yeah, super cool. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be friends with that dude. <laughs> When he's my age, he's gonna have slammers on the wall, you know, oh, multiple yeah. slammers. Uh, well, it's like after after I killed my deer this year, and he's he's like, "Oh, I want to kill one like yours, Dad." I said, "So doesn't Dad?" I said, "I said, Bud, you're six years old." I said, "You got your whole life ahead of you." I said, "You don't realize 
what you've already accomplished at your age. I said, yeah, I was, I said, I was shooting chipmunks at your age. I said, that's all I was doing. Yeah. You need to, I mean, I feel like he needs to just keep swacking forked horns. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like I mean, homie, we were just talking about that last, like a couple of us ago. We were like, man, we need a piece of ground with just a ton of forked horns that can be murdered when our kids get bigger. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing with him. I mean, I have no restrictions on what he shoots. I did call him off of a three-point this year, like the second six of the season, because I knew he'd end up regretting it. Yeah. He already killed a four-point and a you know a basket rack seven-point. Yeah. And his goal going in, he wanted to shoot something better than what he shot last year. And if he decided to shoot something a little bit smaller, that'd have been fine. But I knew with you know being the second second weekend of season, because our season comes in the last Saturday of September. So you're talking the first Saturday of October. He was just a little jacked up early season. Sometimes I think about that. I'm like, (laughs) oh, man. (laughs) That buck might be 130, but it looks real tasty right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I totally get it. I mean, when I was younger, I wanted to shoot everything that walked by. It's just just the phases you go through as being a hunter. Sometimes I just want to go back to that phase and just – yeah, I just don't. You just don't care. You just, just want to crush deer. Yeah, I just want to go out there and just murder. Yeah, just crush deer for a year and then go back. Oh, I know. It'd be but, super cool just to kill. You know, six, seven, just the confidence to. Yeah, you know, yeah, oh yeah. Bow kill six, seven deer in a season. We just need to oh. just go ham on does next year. It's, that was kind of the plan this year. Well, we always pass them early season. <laughs> We're in the tree like, maybe a buck will come by. I better not shoot this doe that's at five yards, broadside eating this bush. <laughs> oh, you but, need to get oh, a tag rogue run, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I could kill as well. They only, they'll limit the deer out there, but gee, many Christmas. I guess it helps me is, you know, with, with him getting to be with him while he shoots everything that it kind of scratches my itch and I still, I go do my thing when I get a chance, and yeah, yeah. I mean, just seeing your kid that happy, like, I mean, I feel like I'll kill the deer, like Cody kills the deer. I feel like I, yeah, I did it. You know way. what I mean? Like, I oh, just, yeah. I just can't imagine my own kid doing it, and I mean, that's just gonna be like just off the charts for me. I told homie, I said, once we get to them when they're hunting hardcore, I feel like it's just it'd just be them. And I told homie, I said, I'm gonna get a a recurve and just sit on the ground and shoot spikes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, eventually there's going to be a time in my life where I'm just going to be like, yeah, I'm going to go hunting, but it's going to be, I can it's it's slowly be transitioning already. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I've had a little bit of success. I still like chasing big deer, but I feel like we get two buck tags, you know? Like, if you go on a public ground, on the ground, and just kill something how it'd be it's just fun situational you know I mean? bro yeah that's, yeah that's what i keep saying like if if you're out there with the recurve on public land and the deer's four yards from you yeah. and it's 72 inches yeah it's 72 <laughs> inches going down <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I know it's that's all there sweet. is to it i keep imagining that west side like where the hill and the drop off is oh just like that little eight pointer we kept having on cam right yeah. there with the recurve <laughs> you know that'd be <laughs> right? so cool you know what i mean but uh so. Well, that's like when we first moved over here. I mean, we moved over to to Ohio where we live at now in the middle of October. So it was, and honestly, I had no, I, I had never hunted. I hunted this county my whole well, since like early two thousands, but I never hunted the southern part of this county. I knew nothing. I just I started scouting a little bit. I was just looking on aerial maps, and I was like, "Well, oh, it looks like a good spot off the top. I'm gonna go hunt there." And honestly, I had more fun that year 
hunting than I have in a long time. Just because I, it was almost the unknown. I wasn't running trail cameras. I had no idea what was there. And I had, and actually I had, I mean, I had a good season, a second sit. I shot a big one and wasn't lucky enough to recover him, but I had seen several other really good deer that year and I had a good season. Yeah, that's awesome, man. First year going in. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, where I live at here is just, there's so much public ground. It's, that's nice. And like I tell people, once you find that spot, as long as other people don't move in on you and change it up, it's normally consistently good. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if a big buck likes that area, he likes it for a reason, and it's not going to – light switch ain't going to flip, and they're not going to be there unless, you know, people start hunting there hardcore. That's the only thing that exactly. make it, make it what, change. I think what helps this, it ain't one big giant chunk. It's just 100 acres here, 500 acres. It just all broke up amongst – three counties right here yeah that helps out so you're not don't like us we have big pieces but they're very seldom you know what i mean so if yeah. you have hunters you have a lot of them there and you just have to out walk or out smart you know outsmart the hunters and hunt like a little overlooked spot or a hard to get spot or something like that but done that yeah there's a there's ways to do it but i wish we had you know a hundred here 30 here 50 here yeah and illinois did start a small um where they lease land from landowners and make it public they've started that but it's very small compared to out out west so i hope that continues to grow that a good bit too don't they Uh, i wouldn't kansas are big on that i believe i hope that continues to grow here because that would be super awesome, dude. Mm. Even for like turkey hunting or anything, you know, shed hunting, just having public ground where you you have to buy like a separate permit to use, utilize it, but it'd be so worth it just to have those other options. And that's something that a lot of people might look into right now in Illinois because I don't think a lot of people know about it. Like I didn't, no, as, yeah. as deep as I've been hunting, I'm just scrolling through, fa- <laughs> you know, Facebook and I find this guy talking about it. I'm like, what the hell? Like, I didn't even know this was, <laughs> this was a thing, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. And then you send me a map and you're like, hey man, check this out. I'm like, what is going on yeah, here? Yeah, there's like a few close counties that have places you could just go like public ground. Yeah. And you know what? that. That's really cool that they do that. that. Yeah. That's a huge help. Yeah. You know that the first couple years on those might be primo before people find out you know yeah. what i mean so we're letting the cat out of the bag here if you're in <laughs> illinois check check it out man uh i can't remember what the name of it is but just yeah, google i can't it. remember either google it you'll be able to find it you can google anything well all right man um we, we just wanted to talk to you about that and you know you and your son both had a great season and something cody and i you know we're, we're pretty jealous about it and uh we can't wait for it to happen to us well, I hope it happens sooner, pretty soon for you guys, because it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, hell, it might be in October um, for Cody. He can about to go buy a crossbow. Uh, well, I, don't, I don't know if he's ready or not, but just to be able to get him shooting in the yard for a year before he goes out, you know what I mean? He's like 110% in. Yeah. Like, he's he's already told me, we are planting a dove field this year. Like, oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> nice. He's like, where are we planting the dove field? I'm like, well, i got to find a spot. <laughs> but uh, we narrowed it down, and he's like, what are we planting? Last night we were looking to what we were going to buy to plant. You know what I mean? So he's he's in he's in the game. He's hooked. That's good. You know what I mean? He asked he asked before I came out here, he goes, can we go walk somewhere? Maybe that piece that you found that shed a couple days ago <laughs> on. <laughs> Maybe there's another one. I'm like, well, we won't go walk there, but we'll walk somewhere. We'll find somewhere to go. It's supposed to be 67, so we got to yep. be outside somewhere, but. Yeah, man, That's we appreciate you coming on and telling your story. Um, hopefully this motivates some other dads out there with 
young you know daughters or sons to get them out there we say it almost every episode get your kids out there and and leave a legacy and that's what you're doing man you're installing a, a hunting legacy with your son right you know right now every time you take him out and uh, it's crazy people think oh, four five six my they pick up so much information and retain it it just blows me away you know so well they're just they're just a sponge at that age and i mean and i agree four five six is young but every kid's different you just gotta be able to understand your kid and 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 experiment with them you know if they're ready they're ready if they're not then they're not yeah like my kid knows that deer like to come out at night when when we were loading that buck up in the back of homie's truck and we were riding out he goes i wanted to go home and you said we needed to wait close to the dark because the deer would come out and you were right you know, and like he realizes that now. That was like an epic dad moment for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, huge moment where like I taught this, I taught my kids something that took me a year or two to figure <laughs> out. You know what I mean? Like I'm going hunting. No one's ever taught me nothing. I'm going out. I'm like, where are these deer at? You know, and then I start yeah. seeing them close to dark. I'm like, oh, maybe they like to come out later at night. You know what I mean? I I know nothing, you know? <laughs> so he's well, our. I, tried, I just try to explain things to him when we're out there like, Last night we was shed hunting and we come across some deer tracks and coyote tracks and I said, "Oh, them are, you know, fairly fresh coyote tracks." And I, then he's like, "Why? How? To, how can you tell they're fresh?" So I'm trying to explain to him why these ones are fresh and why these ones over here are old. And I think he kind of got the concept. You know, just, just things like that. I mean, it's, it means so much to the kids. It may seem little to us, but it's it's huge to them. Yeah, simple stuff, man. I do the same thing with like a deer track. I'm like, "Which way is the deer going?" Mm-hmm. You know, and he's finally starting to. Learn like okay, the deer is going this way, and I'm like, is that a buck or a doe? He don't, he has no clue yet. He's got a fifty fifty shot, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. sometimes he's right, something, but then I'll explain like, okay, you know, that's probably a doe because of this, and uh, but he's got the direction down, you know what I mean? And and he understands that. So just the small stuff like that, it it brings so much joy to me, and you make an impact with your kids. So that's I'm glad, homie, reached out to have you on and to just share a story of success and a son and father out in the woods because like everybody's talking hunting is a a dying thing you know i mean there's not there's less and less people into it so getting these kids into it even if it's our kids if every guy out there gets his son into hunting it's just going to continue to bring more hunters you know more people in the industry and keep keep the sport alive and it's guys like you that are making that possible yeah because he's going to school telling his buddies and his and his buddies like man dad let, let's get out or yeah. you know then you start taking his buddy so mm-hmm. you know hopefully it just snowballs and we can get you know like everybody says you know more kids outdoors yeah. oh i agree i'm all about it i'm all about it and he's that's all he talks about he does school projects at school and it has to do with hunting and stuff and of course, his principal's a big hunter, so it, it's kind of cool. They always sit there and BS about they'll share his principal show him trail camera pictures and stuff. So it, he has a lot of fun with his school and nice. everything. I, and I don't let him get – he started getting cocky about something here this fall about hunting, and I, I put the kebab to Ed. I'm like, whoa, 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 take two steps back here, but we're yeah. not getting big-headed about this. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're thinking you got your shit figured out, and then the <laughs> next year you would be like, man, I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you ain't shit. Yeah. Yeah, but I I I feel like when I was growing up, I was so in deep with it, it kept me out of trouble. You know, I feel like a lot of people start messing around. I was so, and you know, in freaking hunting and fishing and 
stuff. I didn't I didn't party a lot. I didn't ch- even chase girls a lot when I was you know Same younger. Here. I just hunted. Like I didn't have time for girls. I just wanted <laughs> to be in the woods, you know, or fishing or something. You know what I mean? And like I, I think about it now. Not- my my dad would let me go out in a John boat on the giant lake at 16 years old by myself running trout lines. Like, I mean, I don't even know if I'd let my kid do that right now. Like, I'm taking my Ford Ranger out in the middle of nowhere on this hidden spot, pulling this 10-foot John boat out, going into this absolute giant lake and running, running freaking trout lines at 16. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most kids are like, I'm going to date this chick. I'm like, I got catfish to catch, bro. <laughs> I'm the same way. I mean, even after I got out of high school, it was, I worked jobs to where I had hunting season off. I worked construction and it come bow season. I was taking a layoff. I'd come back right before Christmas. And then I was, I'd worked right before Turkey season and I'd take a layoff. Oh man. Just, that sounds great. The no oh, kids I mean, life. The no life. kids. Yeah, no, no kids. Wasn't married. I worked on the road. So, I mean, it just, it was great. Yeah. It was a big, it was a big adjustment when I met my wife and it's like, now things are getting serious. I better look about a serious job. And <laughs> Oh yeah. Then you have but kids like, and you're like, man, you know, am I going to have time for hunting? But then if, when they get into hunting, it's just, you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm solid now. Yep. If you could take a kid, you you have so many excuses to go hunting if your kid wants to go. Be like, oh, yeah. he it's wants so to go. Easier. No, I don't even want to go tonight. <laughs> Be like, look, it's just one less kid you got to deal with yeah, tonight. Yeah. And it makes it pretty. My wife's into hunting, and she stepped back because letting Hunter take his turn and everything. And because right, uh, right when they was, right before Hunter started hunting, my wife had never killed a decent deer in two years in a row. And I told her she had, had the luckiest damn streak I'd ever seen bow hunting. She had hunted one night in West Virginia and shot a great buck over there. The next year we come over here to Ohio, she sat, sat like two hours and shot a pretty decent buck over here. I was like, that's not bad. You sit two or three times in two years and kill two, two good nice ones. Out <laughs> man. That's about like Cody's wife. She, she, yeah, yeah, that's about like that, man. I need that luck for just like one hunt. Yeah. I'll... I feel like I've had pretty good luck, but I mean like – I feel like I set so much. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You, you set a lot. Just set so lot. much in the woods. I just want for that no dumb, reason. D- pure dumb. I just want to go out like October third and one walk by. Like, oh hey, what's up, man? Yeah. <laughs> one fifty. Been yeah. having all summer. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's all I want. That's what I told, I told my wife going into this year. I said I don't know if I even really remember how to get it done anymore. I said it's been so long. <laughs> and then, I, like my fourth or fifth sit this year, I I killed the buck that I killed, the biggest buck I've ever killed to date. So. Yeah, that's how it goes, man. You never know. Yeah. Just got to get out no, there. No, you don't. That's what we yeah, always say. T- 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 time in the stand is what kills big deer. Heck, yeah. That's yeah. what we always say on yeah, this that's podcast, That's say. Man. You know. <laughs> they know it. So, All right, man. We appreciate you coming on. Not a problem, guys. I've had fun. I appreciate it. Man, I really enjoyed talking to Jason there. Um, just like I told him, you know, very um, jealous about what he was able to do this past year. Um, be able to get his son on a deer and um, be with him when he when he got it done. Like that's gonna be something that's pretty special. Yeah, it's gonna be super special, man. Get out there. Um, I, I think it's gonna be so cool. I hope that our friends, like Army, I'm sorry, our kids can have like the same relationship me and you do because they're around the same age. Yeah. Like, and they just grow up hunting. And when we're like 60, they're like, you know. 35 ish out there still hunting still doing the same thing it's gonna be cool to 
grow them up together. Just the amount of stories they're going to have together. Yeah. Or, you know, when they are hunting by themselves, you're like, you remember that time my dumbass dad did this yeah. or whatever, you know? And then, you know, that's that's going to be pretty yeah, cool. It's going to be cool. They'll be able to, to get together, grow off each other. So we're not only going to be able to teach them, but hopefully they can teach each other. And just yeah. like we do, you know, talk game plans out. <laughs> and be like, ah, oh, these our dads don't know shit. Yeah. This is how we're going to kill this deer. <laughs> So it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome, man. But uh, this this episode goes back to everything we say on this podcast, man. Yeah. Try to leave a legacy, get your kids involved. That's the main mission. That's why we named this thing Whitetail Legacy to tell these stories, to motivate people to hunt, motivate them to get out there, be able to have them stories. Because what's a legacy? It's a story, right? Mm-hmm. So this is just a basically a storytelling platform for you to leave a legacy with your kids, your dad, whoever you want to, um, get out there and, and do that. Leave a legacy and white till legacy's out.